Hello, hello. Hi. Welcome back, you guys, to the It's Not About Me podcast. Today, I have a familiar voice, which is Stephanie, the host of Creative Street. Welcome back, Stephanie. Hi, hi, everyone. Um, glad to be here. Glad to be back. We're going to figure out what today's uh, beautiful conversation is going to lead us to. As usual, we go with the flow over here, you know? Yep, yep, yep. Um, how's your day been? How, how's your weekend been? My weekend has been good. I had a friend, uh, one of my best friends came into town and we went out and about the whole week, which is cool because I haven't been out much since I've moved here, which was mm -hmm. six months ago. I haven't been able to see a lot of things here in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, but with her being here, we got to do a bunch of stuff, which was a lot of fun. A highlight for us was escape rooms, which oh, that was a lot of fun. fun. Yeah. We got out of every room, which is cool. We had a really good team. I'm glad you escaped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. We got our stickers because we earned them. Love it. But it was you know, fun. I've never been to an escape room. I have yet to go to one. Oh, we got to go. Yeah. We absolutely have a, we have to go. It's so, so, so fun. Especially when you do like a cool theme, like when you're into the theme, it makes it mm -hmm. so much better. And they do such a good job with just decorating and creating an experience depending on what the theme is. So mm -hmm. I recommend it, but you and I can for sure do one and we'll, we'll let our listeners know if we escape or not. <laughs> uh, that'll be we'll fun. see. We'll see. What about you? How was your weekend? Um, it was good. It was good. Uh, do you, do you show video on, on your episodes? I, I haven't shown video yet yet but I will <laughs> okay well just in case you decide to show this video <gasps> okay um so I had a an accident over the weekend where I was in a pool and I typically open my eyes underwater but I didn't this time and now I know why I I would do this <laughs> right and why it makes sense to open your eyes underwater um I uh I swam into the wall of the pool and scratched up my face. Goodness gracious. <laughs> so if this video does get aired, um, that's what's <laughs> going on with my face right now. <laughs> I honestly can't really see it. Just like on your nose. Mm -hmm. That's pretty yeah. much all I see. Yeah, I did. Uh, I also did put like a bunch of makeup and I've been putting lotion got on it. it so it doesn't scar. But Got ooh. it. Got it. Yeah. That's it's, a rough one. Yeah, that's fun. It's a fun one. Um, <laughs> yeah. It happens. Yeah. And then uh, nothing like yesterday and the day before. It was a chill, um, like, just, just chill, just watching new shows. Um, I started watching the One Piece live action. Okay. Let me, let me rant. Here we go. <laughs> so... I watched One Piece from episode one in the anime and I worked my way up to the thousand, I think we're by like 800 something, a thousand, eight hundred something. Mm -hmm. I went through all of that. I went through all the emotional journey and I am a sap when it comes to shows. This is why I can only limit myself to certain shows because like, mm -hmm. I, like I get too emotional, right? Mm -hmm. And 
when going through those thousand episodes like i've come to love even the side characters where i'm just like oh my god their story mm-hmm. right okay so let me talk to you very quick about this live action one piece, <laughs> let's so, go i always pictured luffy being one of these rule like when i think of him i think of like the the chinese like but like rule type of um, Asian culture, right? Mm-hmm. This live action One Piece, they made him like a Dominican, like Hispanic. Yes, uh-huh. They made him like a Hispanic. <laughs> so like there are times when he says, I'm going to be king of the pirates. And it sounds like, like Antonio Banderas. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, I like that they... The way I describe it is it's an homage to One Piece. It's not One Piece, though. Got it. Like, there's a lot of things that obviously because One Piece is so complex and -hmm. they try to make it as, like, the beauty of One Piece is that they they really try to immerse you into that world, right? Mm -hmm. So every detail, even from the backstories the flat like like characters you're gonna see once are given back black flashes nice um from how intricate and detailed they try to make this world right Mm -hmm. for the for the viewer Mm -hmm. and for the audience um so when you look at the live action one piece it's definitely not one piece um but it's an homage to One Piece. And I think for live action, it's okay. It's it's funny. Um, it's as long as you don't take it seriously as actual One Piece. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think you can get through it. You can get okay. through it. Um, but yeah, that was my quick rant. Uh, so I watched that. I went through it. Like I it was, I'm telling you, it was really funny. Um and then yesterday, I decided that it was a Disney day. Nice. So I watched Mulan. I watched Pocahontas. I watched uh, Aladdin. Nice. Um, yeah. Just so I can uh, listen to the songs and not feel like a dork just YouTubing the songs. <laughs> <laughs> so I yeah. love that. You know, now that you say that, I feel like today's episode should be about Disney because we are Gosh. such Disney fanatics. And I feel like we should talk about some impactful things that you and I have felt with certain Disney movies, because we've had these conversations before Mm -hmm. and Disney does do a great job of just like showcasing different things, like different life lessons. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about highlights of your favorite disney movies mm-hmm. what life lesson you learned mm-hmm. and how you apply it to your life and we'll take turns so it's really funny because yesterday i was literally when i when i went into the disney mode is because i was thinking of and i feel like i've i've said this to you at some point you know pocahontas it speaks to my soul mm-hmm. right and guys let me let me be perfectly clear here I don't like Pocahontas because it's historically accurate. It's not historically accurate. <laughs> and anybody who is watching a Disney movie for history accuracy, my girl, go to the library. Or my guy. <laughs> or my guy. <laughs> Viewer, listener, <laughs> yeah. go read a book. Like, it's obviously not meant to be historically accurate. Mm-hmm. 
Disney has never been about it sticking to the facts. It's about the message, the moral mm-hmm. behind the story. And I think uh, Pocahontas does a really pretty interpretation of this spirituality and the uh, connection between all of us, regardless of what you look like um, and what type of animal you are. Because even in in her Colors to the Wind, she taught like when she's telling John Smith, like, you know, you only think of people as who you like that look and think like you. Mm hmm. And in that scene, if you're not watching the movie, like you're you missed it. But in mm-hmm. that scene, she's she's like showing him like even bears have families and they like every creature in this earth is to some degree like uh you know, like a spirit, like it's 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 a living creature, it has mm-hmm. these things, right? So Pocahontas. I feel like I can go on and on about it. <laughs> um, but the one that did pop into my head yesterday was Meet the Robinsons. And I think ah. that's an underrated movie. And that's oh, one that so we don't good. talk about like a lot. Yeah. Such an underrated movie. Mm-hmm. And I love that movie. It gets me every mm-hmm. day. I'm telling you, every time I watch that movie, I cry. Same. By the end of it, I'm just like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Why? Like, same 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 it's and it's the message is like walt disney put the quote at the very end like keep moving forward right mm-hmm. it's like yes things things in life suck things in life happen but there's always a better tomorrow there's always an opportunity to make tomorrow a better and make your your future better if you keep moving forward, if you keep trucking forward and just stick to what speaks to you, right? Mm-hmm. Like like uh, how um, his passion was inventing things and creating things and changing the world around him. That's even though he came from being an orphan and uh, like it was only inspired his only his reason for wanting to create this time machine was so he can go back and see his mom and and ask her like why did you abandon me right and I think it's it's a beautiful way of of showing people of of you know relaying that message that yes we all have our histories and we all may come from a difficult past and face our challenges and our internal struggles but if you if you keep trying keep keep going at it keep picking at it they keep digging right you'll come to a point where it'll be okay um yeah that was that's a great (laughs) no that actually is a great great one because yeah that movie really doesn't come to mind I think for people as often my sister and I talk about it all the time excuse me all the time that's one of our favorite films so I'm so happy you mentioned kind of like a more underrated film because that's Mm -hmm. such a great way to start keep moving forward and it it has so much to do with the things that we both talk about on a regular basis Mm -hmm. whether it be creativity and creating you know becoming a, a a master at your craft by putting in the work Mm -hmm. in a creative aspect and also just like the concept of healing and keeping like keep moving forward in that aspect like even if you do get broken you can keep moving forward so it's so applicable mm-hmm. to so many different things so that's such a great way to start off 
I was, we are going to talk about different movies, but first movie came to mind and I'm going to put it to the side because as you were talking about Meet the, Rob- Meet the Robinsons, Lilo and Stitch came to my mind because classic because when you were talking about Meet the Robinsons it made me think about family because he is Mm -hmm. an orphan and he obviously what he wants is a family Mm -hmm. and it made me think of Lilo and Stitch because and I didn't really ever think about it until just thinking about Meet the Robinsons but what's so cool about Lilo and Stitch it's like it literally is about family Mm-hmm. And it showcases the fact that families come in different shapes and sizes. They don't all look the same. Mm-hmm. And like you have, you know, Nani and Lilo that are a big sister, little sister family. That's their family. There aren't any mm-hmm. parents. And then Stitch comes in and he's like, not even like on he, planet he's earth. He's like an alien. alien. He's literally an alien. <laughs> he's an alien and he comes down to planet earth. But, but it does showcase that family is not even only human. It, it, it's it's like you said about Pocahontas. It's like, it's other creatures too. You know, so many of us, we have pets and and our pets are family members. It doesn't matter that they're not human. It doesn't matter that we don't communicate the same way. They have life and they add value to our lives and we care for them the way that we care for each other. And like, there's an ability that comes through, not even, it's not even only a human ability. It's an animal ability mm-hmm. too to be able to relate to another species even though we don't communicate the same way there's still like this level of connection that happens between every single animal every single species that's just so instinctual this like desire to connect with other things it's so cool because like we all share the same planet so we're all the same in that aspect and even though we are different we're still here so we're similar in that way and we're still Mm -hmm. sharing the same space and there's like this need to to share our space with other things even plants like like yeah even plants you mm -hmm. you have plants in your backyard and plants are not even animals or people but mm -hmm. they're still in your space and you feel good that they're in your space because your plants and you are connected so yeah maybe think of Lilo and Stitch the the importance of family the importance to know that families are different but they're still family because Lilo says, you know, it's broken, but it's still good. You don't have to have Mm -hmm. a whole family. Ideally you would have one, but even if you don't come from a whole family, it's still valuable and it's still family. And it's still something that you fight for. And it's still something that you live for and that you care for and that you want to protect at all costs. And that's such a cool message. Like just to paint that. I think, the I think the word family has a deep relationship with this feeling of connective connect uh like connection and connectivity right um it just so happens that Lilo and Nani were sister big sisters little sister but I mean if you put yourself in the perspective of of Stitch right where he's technically an orphan like his um it's peakly and jim jimbo no jumbo 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 that sounds right right. jumbo yeah so jumbo and like there's a there's a part where he's exploring that 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 connectivity he's exploring what it means to have a family and he's like jumbo is technically like my dad 
And he's like, ah, but no, but I'm not, but I guess, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think when, I think what I'm trying to get at is when you think of family, right? It's not about your blood relation. And, you know, I, I think that can be said for just us here in the human world, non-Disney, but like, it doesn't have to be who you're blood related to sometimes the people that you're blood related to aren't family they don't mm -hmm. treat you like family because they don't care and they don't value that relationship but you know I think a family is when you're surrounded by people who care about you and you care about them and that deeper connection and that's literally what Lilo and Stitch Lilo and Stitch is like mm -hmm. he's looking she's trying so hard and and it goes back to like I think one of our very first conversations ever of like consistency right when you show people you show you consistently show up mm -hmm. for these individuals no matter mm -hmm. how hard they're trying to push you away to show someone you care after them have gone through some trauma or some some hardship where they don't want to feel that connection like part of being a family is consistently showing mm -hmm. up for somebody even if they don't want you there you show them hey i'm not gonna barge in mm -hmm. but i'm here if you need me mm -hmm. i think that's the the meaning and the impactfulness of that family um and lilo and ship lilo and stitch because she lilo is constantly showing up for stitch um and like you know helping him out out of all the craziness that he mm -hmm. does <laughs> she's always sticking up for him and so he he betrays that trust for her and then she he has to work at showing up for her mm -hmm. very true consistency is key look at us connecting all the way to the first conversation yeah look at you girl <laughs> <laughs> all right let's talk about another one then well, you said you wanted to put Lilo and Stitch to the side. So what's the other one you had in your mind? So the original one I have on my mind, because it is my favorite Disney movie, is Lion King 2, mm -hmm. which you and I, I love Lion King. Constantly Lion King, talking about yes. Lion King 2. Stephanie and I literally grew up watching Lion King 2 specifically. Stephanie understands the amazing is that comes from that sequel mm -hmm. we literally watched it growing up so many times so mm -hmm. we're on the same page I love Lion King Lion King is an amazing movie mm -hmm. but for some reason the sequel Lion King 2 has always like had an impact on the both of us it's just mm -hmm. such an it's such an amazing movie and that movie always makes me cry too once I get to the ending it makes me cry and like mm -hmm. the whole point of that movie is again, it goes back to connection and it goes back to oneness, which is like mm -hmm. something that we both value so much. And we see the importance of oneness and con and connection. And the song We Are One is my favorite Disney song. It is so just like impactful because it does go back to the concept that we are all sharing the same space on this planet. And we, in because we are all sharing the same space and we are all affecting each other and being you know affected by each other like our actions our presence we all affect each other 
we in essence are one because we are all affecting each other and we are like one big entity and like that song it when you're watching the movie it depicts every creature and like parents and their children and all these other yeah. creatures are just and like all of them living in the savannah together exactly like sharing the one, same space yes we are like the earth and sky exactly like, beautiful way of saying we are all interconnected right? exactly like, exactly the earth and sky it, I, I feel like we've talked about this whether it's on podcast or not, but like I, we always talk about this relationship that I, I love talking is the the yin and yang, right? Mm -hmm. And how there are things that they define each other, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can't have light without dark and dark without light. Mm -hmm. And in that sentence right there, we are you, we are one, you and I, we are like the earth and sky, right? Like the sky would be nothing without the earth and the earth would be nothing without the sky, right? Like there's, there is that uh, that yin and yang connectivity to it. And it's like what you're saying. It's going back to the bigger picture. Even though mm -hmm. the song does say literally like we're family, you mm -hmm. know, um, and it's, it's showing that connectivity, but it's also showing you the bigger picture of how we are all intertwined mm -hmm. to each other and we all depend on each other. Exactly. Yeah, I like that you said the word interconnected because that is literally it. And it's so, it's such an impactful thing. And it's something that we've talked about this before. It's something that I feel like we're losing a lot is that that knowledge of interconnection. Um, that's another conversation because yeah. that's going to trickle into a way other conversation. But yes, interconnection. Um, and I also love like the ending is so impactful to me. I cry every time I see it because the way that they show, you know, the lions that have this healthy living mm -hmm. and the lions that have had to live off of scraps, which is mm -hmm. our actual reality. Some people do have riches and wealth and other people don't have that privilege. And, mm -hmm. you know, we're all sharing the same space. The way that we get to a point in that movie where Kiara she understands that there is not a difference between them, like the 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 ones that lived off of the scraps and the ones that have that wealth and that that those riches, that there isn't a difference, that they're all lions at the end of the day. That is so powerful. And like the fact that she is able to come to that conclusion, excuse me, and that her having that realization and being like bold enough to say that to her father who is the king at that point mm -hmm. she she was so humble at that moment and had that realization that was so powerful that she had to say something that that changed everything for everyone right mm -hmm. like that changed her father's perspective so much so that he opened up his land to these other lions right like but not what are you just, gonna say not just his perspective because after she says that even Vitani stands yeah. up to her mom, to, mm -hmm. to Zira. And she's just like, this is nonsense. Yeah. And and as you're saying it, like my brain wants to say the quote. I know. Them, <laughs> us, look at them. They, they are, are us. us. What differences oh, do you see? Exactly. Boom. It's and it and was like, simple. It, exactly. It's it was simple. So simple. 
And I love that you brought that line up. What differences do you see? That line is so important because it shows you that it goes beyond the physical because mm -hmm. there were physical differences between them. Mm -hmm. They were skinnier than the wealthier ones. They were darker. They were dirtier. They were paler. Than... They were paler. They were... Exactly. They, you can see the malnourishment. Exactly. And, and the bleaching that happened from them just being out in the sun all mm -hmm. the time because in their, in their territory, they didn't have plants. They didn't have trees exactly. to give them shade. Exactly. You can see those physical differences. It's very obvious. But the fact that she says, what differences do you see? Because she is seeing them for who they are mm -hmm. and not for what they look like, not for their circumstances, not for, not even for, for like in that the moment. malintent. That exactly. That's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. That's the perfect word. They're malintent because in that moment, they are like fighting. They are mm -hmm. battling. There's a them versus us mentality that is on both sides. And even in that moment, she is able to see through that and understand that there really is not a difference between them. They are the same. And if you think about it, there was malintent on both ends. It wasn't mm -hmm. just on the one end. They both went into battle. So it's just so like such a huge thing. Like, and it's such a life lesson for us, especially as human beings, we have a tendency to like judge other people and to like create, like we have a, the world that we live in and really it's always been this way. It's very divisive. Like we categorize everything and we label everything. And in categorizing everything, we divide ourselves from other people because it's like, we put you in one category and I'm in another category. And I created a category just for you. And now you're in that category. And when you do that, you dehumanize someone and it makes it harder for you to connect with that person because you're you're putting that person in another box and you're in this box. So it's like, I, I don't connect to that box. I'm in a different box. And like, it's such an important thing to remember that we were never meant to do that. We were always meant to share the same space. We were always meant to coexist. We were always meant to, to understand that our actions affect each other and live accordingly, live in a way that our actions are beneficial for everyone mm -hmm. and live in a way that's peaceful for everyone. And we've lost that completely. So that movie is amazing. No, it's it's typically sequels are rough, mm -hmm. like rough. Mm -hmm. Even Mulan two, okay, Oof. Mulan two, it has its moments, and I mm -hmm. I love you know I love Mulan. Mulan, we love Mulan. Mm -hmm. I, like Mulan is my thing, right? Mm -hmm. Mulan two, I liked what they were trying to do. Mm -hmm. I like the attempt. I'm gonna, mm -hmm. I'm gonna give it that because they tried to bring in the concept of that yin and yang, right? Mm -hmm. Like she has literally the song "One Alone Is Not Enough." Mm -hmm. You need both together. Like that. Is, that song is a repre representation of that concept of yin and yang, mm -hmm. but it doesn't live up to one. But Lion King two, Lion yeah. King two, it's not that it lives up to one. It's just it. It's a different version of. Mm -hmm of lion king one as well because mm -hmm. lion king one not that it's about that connectivity but it's about loss and finding mm -hmm. yourself and finding mm -hmm. your way mm -hmm. that leads me to my next favorite movie that i need to bring up sweet hercules oh yes hercules. that's a great choice hercules what like that's that an amazing is, film when i tell you that 
I can go the distance. <laughs> Love that. When I when I play that song, like I'm thinking yeah. about it now, and it gets me emotional because yeah, it's, it's that. I don't know. I could be speaking for myself. I don't know if anybody else in the world has felt this. I don't know if you felt this, but I think it ties into this sense of purpose right like we're Mm -hmm. all looking for our purpose and we're all looking for something bigger than ourselves and some relationship to remembrance right like wanting to be remembered after we pass Mm -hmm. and there's always been this sense for me of like I I don't know what it is that I, I need to do I don't know what that purposes but whatever it is and throughout my journey as I'm looking for it and as I find it and as I continue forward through it I don't care what it takes but I'm gonna reach this goal whatever Mm -hmm. this goal is whatever this pinnacle that I see in my mind like I can do it and and it's like he says like you know sometimes he feels like he doesn't belong. And it's this sense of wanting to find this place he he thinks will be perfect for him. And mm-hmm. at the end of the movie, when he finally gets to this goal that he thought, like, you know, when he, when Zeus finally brings him up, which, by the way, we're not even going to touch upon the accuracy <laughs> of that Greek history. <laughs> like this girl like in the in the beginning of the movie when they're like oh you're making it sound like some greek tragedy Mm -hmm. like ironically that is literally who hercules is if hercules Mm -hmm. story is a greek tragedy Mm -hmm. like the real hercules story Mm -hmm. but obviously again if you're looking for disney to teach you about history and the accuracy and all this non-prettiness then disney is not for you Mm -mm. because it's not about that it's about the morals and hercules is no matter how much you're constantly striving for this thing that you think is going to be the thing that's going to make you happy once you finally get there it may not be that thing Mm -hmm. it may be a version of that thing right because at the end even if he doesn't go home to Zeus and Hera, he finds his home. Mm-hmm. He finds his home with Meg. Mm-hmm. He finds his home with Phil and with Pegasus. And he knows where he he's supposed to belong now. Mm-hmm. And in his in his mind, he fulfilled what he was looking for, which is to find his true home, mm-hmm. to find that place where he belonged. Yeah, it's about the journey. It's about the journey. It's not always it's not about the, the end game. It's not the exactly. It's the journey. It's the journey. But I'm telling you, like Hercules, I can go the distance. Oof. Oof. <laughs> yeah. It, it hits. It hits somewhere in my soul. Yeah. It hits somewhere in my soul. But yeah, I yeah. No, that's a great. That's a great choice because. So many people feel like they can't go the distance Mm -hmm. and to get to a point where you're that confident and you're that like you refuse to to be stagnant and you refuse to be held back and you will do anything to 
find your purpose, that takes a lot of, like that takes a shift in your mindset mm -hmm. to even know that you're capable of achieving such a thing. Like so many people really don't know what they're capable of. And human is capable of so much. Like the world that we live in has been built by humans. If you look around, there's so much evidence that what human is capable of. And sometimes we don't realize that we are that human that it's capable of doing all these great things that have already been done by other people. We're just as capable because we're just as human. And the only thing that limits you is yourself. Exactly. The fact that you don't want to push forward and mm -hmm. like it's going to take some creative creativity to get there like as you were saying that I thought of like the scenes where he was constantly failing like he mm -hmm. starts off oof, like, like mm -hmm. super skinny and then he fails and it's a whole montage of him failing and failing and failing until he finally he gets it right and then he becomes that the zero to hero just like that mm -hmm. and that's <laughs> like, yeah that's an excellent point too because a lot of people are afraid to fail mm -hmm. and like we live in a culture where we always see the end result we never see all the work that gets put put into that we don't see the errors the trial and errors the the lifelong journey mm -hmm. we just see the result and we mm -hmm. think oh, I can never get that result because we're so blind sometimes to the fact that everything takes work. Mm -hmm. Everything takes practice. Everything takes resilience mm -hmm. and, and, you know, determination and determination and just and constantly keeping at it. Consistency. It's, it's consistency. Like you said, mm -hmm. consistency. we got to remember the end results it's not just an end result. It's an end result because there was a beginning to the end. You can't get to the end unless you start from the beginning. And a lot of people forget that. So that's such a good point. Um, my next movie, <laughs> my next movie, which is so exciting, is Aladdin. Oh, I Because <laughs> Aladdin is so good. He is my favorite prince. So good. Um, there's so many things in Aladdin, so many relatable things in Aladdin. Mm -hmm. um, first of all, Aladdin, you know, he comes from nothing. He's an orphan. Mm -hmm. He literally has to steal food to eat. That's how poor he is, right? Mm -hmm. And he only that, steals what he needs. <laughs> exactly. He only steals. Only he doesn't steals. steal jewelry. He doesn't. It's not about luxury. It's just about a necessity to live. Mm -hmm. to, to, to survive. And that kind of mentality, it really, it's so relatable and it really does. Um, it creates a, a, an identity or like, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but relationship, it creates a point of view for lack of a better word of yourself that may not be accurate right because when you come from nothing you have a tendency to believe that you are nothing right that's a direct reflection of what you start to believe because if especially in that movie where like people literally told him he was nothing like he already probably believed it himself and like to to hear other people say that it's going to make you believe it more right so by the time that Aladdin gets to this genie, by the time he decides that he wants to be 
assault in. He's dealing with all of those issues of self-worth. He's dealing with all of those issues of feeling like he's not enough to be the man for Jasmine, right? Mm -hmm. Which is so relatable because that happens in real life. So that's why he runs into that problem where the genie has to tell him to be himself and he feels like himself is not enough because he comes from nothing. So he is nothing. Mm -hmm. And it's not until the end of the movie where, you know, he gets to the very end and he realizes, you know what, like, I need to be honest. And even if Jasmine rejects me, at least she'll reject me for who I am and not for who I was trying to be. And he gets to a place of self-acceptance where he's like, you know what? I am who I am. And if it's not enough, that's okay. If it's not enough for her, that's okay. Because it's always enough to be yourself. Mm -hmm. Some other people may want more, not because you're not enough, but that's just them, right? That has nothing to do with you. That's not a reflection on you. That's just people. Mm -hmm. But it is just such a powerful thing to see his transformation from from not understanding how much he had to offer to getting to that self-acceptance so much so that he gave up his last wish to set Jeannie free because at that point he wanted to do something for Jeannie because Jeannie and him developed such a close relationship. Mm -hmm. They were besties. And at that point, he put himself aside and decided, you know what, I'm going to accept myself and I'm going to do something really amazing for Jeannie. Like I said, I would, I'm going to keep my word. I'm going to set him free. Like that, that whole scene of him making both of those choices says so much about Aladdin. And it's crazy to me because there are so many people that have so much to offer mm -hmm. and they don't even realize how much they have to offer because of that, because of that you know, lack of self-worth because of their environment, because they feel like they lack that self-worth, you know, because either they believe it because of their environment or other people told them, whatever the case may be, Aladdin was humble. He was a humble guy. He didn't, like you said, he didn't want to steal luxury items. He just stole out of a need. Mm -hmm. If he wasn't humble, he would have stolen. He was a pro stealer, you know, people chase him. He got away. Like he could have stolen whatever he wanted. He could have stolen like you know, amazing clothes, jewelry, that, 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 no, 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 no. He just stole to survive. So already he was so humble from the beginning and he couldn't even see that he was such a great person because of that lack of self-worth. It clouded his vision. And so many people can't see how great they are. And so much is in that movie. So the only thing I need to interject and go for it because I saw it yesterday and it's one of my favorite re reprise i guess they, they mm. call it mm -hmm. where after he one of the princes is approaching the the door and one of the little kids that after he stole the bread and took all movie like all the first half of the movie to get away and he was about to eat it and like abu his selfish ass oh, is yeah like, is like, I'm not going to give up this bread. And he's like, ah, it's fine. Like, these are kids. They're looking to yeah. trash right now. Yeah, yeah. So the kid runs out. And the guy, the this uh, this prince guy goes to, like, whip the little boy. Mm -hmm. Right? Whatever. The guy, as he's walking away, and Aladdin insults him. And is like, oh, look, Abu, I didn't know horses can have two rear ends. Right? Mm -hmm. like, so witty. Uh, <laughs> This guy's like, you were born a street rat. You will mm -hmm. die a street rat, rat, and only your fleas will mourn you. 
in there after that scene he it goes into a reprisal where he's like a reprise where he's like riff raff street rat i don't buy that if only they look closer mm-hmm. they would they see a poor boy no no sorry they find out there's so much more to me so in a mm-hmm. way he he acknowledges that he's not his self-worth isn't equal to what he has but after meeting jasmine and thinking that jasmine was someone like him that he he because he was fine mm-hmm. and it's not until jasmine revealed herself that he felt inadequate and then he felt like it wasn't like he wasn't enough that's where i think that flipped for him when you were finally presented with something that you were you were so close to and you lost because you lost it um because you were struck with that reality that you weren't enough Mm -hmm. i think that's that's what happened with him and so that's why he went out of his way and went into the the cable wonders and whatever um that's true yeah because he he did he, he didn't was want, okay with it yeah he didn't realize that he was more than what other people saw until yeah he, until he met jasmine and then he realized that he or he didn't realize he thought that she was too good for him mm-hmm. and then he made that he was comparison confronted with that reality and he's mm-hmm. like and it finally sunk in for him like damn i'm never gonna get the girl of my dreams because i'm not a prince yeah that's true. There was a shift there in his mindset. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's interesting. I never thought about that before. And then he kind of, and then then he, he starts to question his worth at that and point. And then when, when finally he realizes that he's at the peak, right? Because it's at the peak of the movie where the Sultan is like, oh, they're going to get married. And then he's such an upstanding mm-hmm. moral guy. And he's going to be the sultan and da da da. And he's like, oh, I like, and that's when he tells Jeannie, the only reason anybody ever thinks, anybody thinks I'm worth something is because of you, is because of this wish. Mm -hmm. I didn't make this out of myself, out of being myself. There was, that's where he was struck with that, that dilemma of like, if I become the sultan out of this lie, which Jeannie was trying to get it through his head from the right the entire time the entire (laughs) time he was trying to get it through his head like just be honest and be Mm -hmm. upfront. Mm -hmm. like what they need you to be a prince I made you a prince but that's not who you are exactly tell them who you are Mm -hmm. right like he was trying to do that from the very beginning and I think it wasn't until he was he was again confronted with the new reality where it's sunk in like no this isn't how i want it to be like this mm-hmm. isn't this isn't me mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel right and that's where the rest of the movie continues. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and and you saying that also kind of it kind of made me think of two things like the relationship between Gina, Jeannie and Aladdin, like Jeannie has been around for centuries at this point. Mm-hmm. And he's learned a lot from the people that have made these wishes. And he's seen what things can do to people. So Jeannie, 
being so wise because of everything that he's seen and he's experienced, he's trying to counsel Aladdin, but Aladdin doesn't listen. Right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's such a lesson for us. Like it's important for us to, to hear what people that are wiser than us and that have been around before us it's important to us for us to hear what they have to say because there's a lot of value in other people's experiences and I think it's important to for us where we are now to pass down that wisdom to the people that come after us Mm -hmm. but also to listen to the people that have come before us and I feel like there's a lack at least in my life I haven't had a lot of that like a lot of wise counsel coming from people before me. And I feel like that's so important and so useful. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like a lot of people don't learn something until they go through it themselves, Mm -hmm. right? So Aladdin had to experience that Mm -hmm. so that he himself could come to the realization that, okay, I am not this, this was something that you created. This isn't me, just like you said, and I need to be me. Like, I, I can't be this other person. I need to be me. He had to come to terms with that himself. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't enough for someone else to tell him. He had to experience it. He has to come up with that conclusion himself. And then he had, you know, then the ending comes and okay. Like, he has kind of that, like, like what's the word I'm looking that for? That resolution. That resolution, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like you mentioned, it was like that inner acceptance of, well, I at least that was me. And, mm-hmm. you know, and if it works out, great. And if it doesn't, great. At least I am myself. Exactly. And that's a lesson. Yeah, because we don't have to be more than we are. Some people are going to love us exactly how we are. Mm-hmm. Some people are going to expect more from us and expect something that we can't give and expect us to be people that we can't be. Mm-hmm. But not to say that we can't grow. That's a whole separate thing. But we are definitely enough as we are. And that's an important lesson to learn. No matter where you come from, you are enough as you are. Mm-hmm. That was my movie. Now it's yours. Okay. <laughs> so let's see. The next one that always kind of comes to mind, like after that is, okay, so I have to either The Little Mermaid and mostly because you know my my thought process <laughs> yeah bro, I love woman, that girl <laughs> oh my god I have never heard such guys I don't want to get into the villain villains because villains are yeah, a whole separate topic it is it and is sometimes like villains are villains for a reason absolutely but that's a whole there's thing. there's a whole lesson to be learned mm-hmm. on certain villains and why mm-hmm. they approach things the way they do and why mm-hmm. they do the things they do like humans just like in movies like you're not born a villain mm-hmm. you are created into a villain mm-hmm. why because of your environment of your experiences mm-hmm. how you're treated your relationships etc 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 right uh so that being said little warming comes to mind not because this girl is wild and like 16 year old said I want to go run away with the prince <laughs> yeah. and just leave my whole life behind and like yeah one other world that's wild not that um but because of Ursula and mm-hmm. again we're not going to go too deep into this but I wanted to say you can't get something for nothing mm-hmm. and that is 
one of the most wisest things I have ever heard in my mm-hmm. life. Like she is a savvy businesswoman. <laughs> yeah, she is. Like, and it's I think it just relates to in life in general. Like you don't get something out of nothing. It's not, it's literally a law mm-hmm. of physics, right? It is. And so if you relate that to other things, right, and you kind of like generalize that to other things, you see that relationship of you're absolutely right. You can't just, you can't give something and expect nothing in return. There's a, there's a, a saying in, or there was something that my Madina would always like to say. Um, before she passed away which to me which it was like look at look right like what you're everybody's born with this unique ability right and mm-hmm. like this unique insight right like you don't just give that away because there comes a point where you exhaust that pool and you're never refilling it. And so then you're left with nothing. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. But anyways, my other movie, the real movie <laughs> I'm going to talk about. To just keep it Wait, more before before okay. you jump, because you were talking about Ursula, which you know I also love Ursula. We're on the same page on all our Disney films. We agree yes. 100% on all of them. <laughs> um, Ursula... And that song, Poor Unfortunate Souls, I think that that song is so essential to human nature because, and it's funny that it's called Poor Unfortunate Soul because in that song, she lists the desires, the human desires. Like she literally said, this one longing to be thinner, that one wants to get the girl, right? Those are human desires, Mm -hmm. right? People want to be thinner. People want to get this specific partner. Like there's so many pain in need. Yeah. Like that whole song is just about what it means to be human. Mm -hmm. And I love that it's called poor, unfortunate soul, because there's so many things that human wants that is not what human needs. Mm -hmm. And there's so many superficial things that humans strive for. Like Ursula wouldn't be in business if humans, or not humans, because in her case it was mermaids, but if people, if they weren't creatures alive that were desperate to get something. And I feel like in real life, there are things that people sacrifice, that people pay, not only financially, but pay with their lives. So many things that people are so desperate for that they are willing to pay the cost. Mm -hmm. And there are so many things that are not worth the cost. Like you give up, so many people give up so much of themselves to try to gain something that doesn't even matter. And it's almost always superficial. Mm -hmm. And I love that song so much because that is truly what it means to be human is to desire for these superficial things and like, it's a reality. People, mm-hmm. businesses are created because of these superficial things that people are after, right? Because of this need to to be high in a social hierarchy and to mm-hmm. 
flaunt your feathers and, and so on and so forth. So I think there is a lot to learn also from Ursula, from her business and what she does for other people, because that's what other people want. And that's what other people ask for. And she's there to give it. And that is exactly what human is. And hold on. And just to kind of build off of that, you know, what's crazy though, because she, she talks about it, how, even though she helps them, right. Cause she, mm-hmm. she, that's what she wants to do. She wants to help them. And sometimes if they don't abide pay the by price. if mm-hmm. they don't pay the price, mm-hmm. she has to scrape them across the coals, mm-hmm. right? Because you you can't get something for nothing. Mm-hmm. Like it's not realistic. Mm-hmm. It's not really there's always a price to pay. Mm-hmm. Just like um if you okay so because we were just talking about aladdin it's where Mm -hmm. my mind is going but if you have ever read actual scripture on genie right Mm -hmm. not aladdin genie right not the disney fairy tale of genie Mm -hmm. but of actual genies right or like um everybody i'm i'm sure most some listeners might have seen Rick and Morty and like the monkey paw, right? Mm-hmm. How you you are granted a wish, but then there's always something in exchange. Mm-hmm. It's that same idea. Even though you're getting this desire, this thing that you want, there's always a price to be paid. Mm-hmm. Whether that is with your life, whether that is with physical money, whatever mm-hmm. that thing is, there is always a price to give for it. Mm-hmm. Um and so, yeah, and then she, that's why she's like, yeah, they call me a witch. But overall, I'm a saint because mm-hmm. she's just abiding by the laws of nature. Mm-hmm. Um, She's awesome. Yes. <laughs> she's <laughs> awesome. Um, I guess I guess since we, we went deep into Ursula as Little Mermaid movie, you can you can go to the next one. Oh, man, I wasn't prepared. Oh, shoot. Um, I was so just thinking about Ursula that I totally forgot to think of one myself. Uh, Let's see what other iconic. Oh, yeah. This is one that I had also thought of because it's my second favorite Disney film. I go back and forth between Lion King 2 and this film. But Tarzan is a huge one for me. I love that movie. I love that soundtrack. Oh, my gosh. So many things about that movie. Um, First and foremost, I think that it's amazing that Tarzan was raised by gorillas and that the love that his mom, his gorilla mom, I can't, her name escapes me right now, but the love that his gorilla mom had for him was as if he was her own. Like that to me is so poetic and so cool because he's not even a gorilla. He's a different creature altogether, but it is so like, it makes me think of like adoption for some reason that that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Like it is, it is human nature. It's a human instinct or depending on what animal you are, an animal instinct too, but to love and to care for something for mothers, for women is such an instinctual thing. And it makes me think like, even if you adopt a child, that child didn't come from you. But when you look at something so helpless and so small, like you can't help but to want to care for it. 
-hmm. And it really does become a part of you and it becomes like it's yours, right? Because his whole life, she raised him and he might as well have been her own blood. She loved him like she loved her other children. And it's so cool, just like the power of love that is a real, real thing. And, and the fact that you can care for something so deeply that didn't even come from you and it technically has no relation to you, no yeah, blood like to not you. Not even your same species. Not even your same species, but you can care for it because love is a thing that exists and it's something that's so grand and so in-depth that it can be applied to anything. Like whether it's your family or not, you can take that love and you can apply it. And it actually also reminds me of Twitches, even though Twitches is a Disney Channel <laughs> movie. Yeah. It's a Disney Channel movie, so it's still Disney. But it does remind me of Twitches because Twitches, like Twitches, the ending of that movie where they talk about love mm -hmm. and how it can continue to be created and how it can be, it's this thing that is not, it's not, there's no limit to it. It is an mm -hmm. unlimited thing that can be spread continually. It never dies. You can never contain it. It is a power that it just, it's so big and so grand and like, oh, I love that so much. But anyways, back to Tarzan. And I also love just, of course, because you and I are so, you know, aware of connection between the earth and everything that lives in it. Obviously, another great point of that film or another great concept of that film is the whole idea of like poaching gorillas and and mm -hmm. ugh, like just this thing that people do to harm animals because we forget that animals feel things animals are alive they have rights just mm -hmm. the way that we do they inherit rights just by being alive just like us and it's this thing that this human thing to wanna like first of all we think that that like we are like high and mighty above everything mm -hmm. else on the earth. Mm -hmm. And, and from a Christian perspective, the Bible does say that we are above animals, but it doesn't say it in the context that we get to rule over them. It's put in there as a concept of, as we are, it's caretakers. And I think that people have the wrong mindset. They think that we as human beings have the right to to cross the line when it comes to the boundaries of animals and mm -hmm. in reality we're supposed to be caring for them we are this this being that is so smart and is so conscious that we're supposed to care for everything because we're all you know we all have like a purpose it should be like an innate part of that responsibility of awareness because exactly so aware all the more reason why you are responsible to care for the things around you. Exactly. Both like nature and the animals around you. Exactly. We're supposed to be the caretakers. We're not supposed to infringe. That's the word I was trying to come up with. We're not supposed to infringe on anyone else's rights. Like we don't get to decide. Yeah, we're not. You know, whether they're exactly whether they have rights or not, they have rights. And we cross the line every time we think that we can do things like that, that are not beneficial they're not necessary really like and it's not even just gorillas it's other animals that we just like bleed dry for our own 
benefit, right? To keep up with the world that we created for ourselves nowadays. That's really all it is. But I love that Tarzan, you know, touches on that because it when you see that, even though it's a cartoon, like even seeing those images and giving the gorillas like a a, a speaking voice, a personality, exactly. Anthropomorphizing the gorillas. Exactly. The creatures around it. Like, yeah, yeah, it makes it more personal. Mm-hmm. And I love that they did that because it is personal. I also, I don't know if uh, if this is a theme that maybe it might be a little too too sad and morbid, but Tarzan is one of the few Disney movies where it opens with loss. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you see you see his parents get to this new island, build their home, you know, and he's just the baby and the jaguar comes and, and you know, and takes takes his parents from him. Mm-hmm. And that same jaguar takes the baby from the mom gorilla, which is mm-hmm. why she, she felt this deep sadness, this loss, right? And why when she came across Tarzan, she protected him and she had just met him she was mm-hmm. she was like you're she noticed that he had just lost his parents mm-hmm. she sees the jaguar marks so she's like this is the same jaguar mm-hmm. that ate my baby mm-hmm. and now it's gonna eat this baby let i'm gonna i'm gonna do what i couldn't do for my child and i'm mm-hmm. gonna save this child mm-hmm. even though i just met him and like it's it's not even my species mm-hmm. and i think that's why like it's it's a very interesting it's one of the very uh few movies that disney opens up with that that law where you actually see the mm-hmm. loss right because you in other movies you you hear about the loss they talk about it they kind of like eggshell walk around Mm -hmm. it at times but in this one you you witnessed it you saw Mm -hmm. them alive one scene and then obviously as a kid they're not going to show you it right but if you rewatch it as an adult you pick up on the scenery you you realize what happened Mm -hmm. um even with clayton with the and and Mm -hmm. i'm telling you that clayton how he strangles himself at the very mm-hmm. end, even though Tarzan is trying to help him and say, no, don't do that. You're going to end up hanging yourself. Obviously he doesn't say hanging yourself, but in the, in the lightning strike, you see the shadow. And as exactly. a kid, you don't pick up on it. Mm-hmm. But if you see it as an adult, you know what that shadow is. You mm-hmm. know what just happened. Right. Mm-hmm. So, it's a very uh, interesting movie in terms of also that relationship with loss and life and connectivity and, and building life, right? It's the relationship between life and death. Because mm-hmm. the poachers are also capturing the gorillas to take them back to Europe or I don't know. I think it was Europe, yeah. I think it was Europe um, for experiments and probably to to skin them or something. I, I haven't watched Tarzan in a minute. I'm sure they talk about what they're gonna do with it with the with the gorillas that they capture. I I just don't remember off the top of my head. But yeah, I mean it's a it's a very interesting relationship between life and death, um, mm-hmm. the matter wise in that movie. Yeah, and you just reminded me too, like the whole Clayton character and Tarzan character. 
it's interesting because even though Clayton is the villain in the movie, even though Clayton is going after Tarzan's family, even though he literally locked up, you know, his family. And him he's still inside the boat. Yeah, <laughs> him too. Tarzan still, at the end of the day, his intention wasn't to harm Clayton. Like his intention was merely to protect his family, but he had no intention of anything bad happening to Clayton. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because like, I literally just recorded an episode this morning about um, the power of love and to love is to heal. And like, it makes me think that like, there's also a lot of power in, in that forgiveness, right? Because Tarzan in, in defending his family in a way that's not harmful towards Clayton intentionally, like in that, in that mindset that Tarzan has, he is being very merciful towards Clayton because mm -hmm. the way that we think about it in human terms, like he would have every right to try to punish Clayton for everything that he's just put his family through. I mean, his father just died. Mm -hmm. And even with all that, Tarzan he shot his father. Yeah, he, he, he killed him. Yeah, he shot his father. Exactly. And he died because of him. And even through all of that evil and all of that chaos and all of that, just like, yeah, all that damage that just been done, Tarzan still has an ability to be merciful towards Clayton and not want to punish him for it. And again, it's just something that's on my mind because of what I talked about this morning, but like blood on Tarzan's hands wouldn't have fixed anything like punishing Clayton would not have taken away the hurt that's just been caused it it would have just been more problems right mm -hmm. something that Tarzan would have had to carry for the rest of his life along with the fact that his family his dad just died and and all the trauma that's just been you know caused for Tarzan mm -hmm. killing Clayton would have just made it worse and Tarzan in that moment he's able to just like I don't know just like look I don't past think, I don't everything think he even I don't think he even it wasn't even a thought exactly that's the exactly thing. like it was so natural mm -hmm. that he it didn't revenge wasn't a thing exactly that's the word do revenge. you get me mm -hmm. like revenge wasn't even a concept for mm -hmm. so it wasn't even an option it didn't even cross his mind he mm -hmm. just he just wanted to save his family and have this guy leave and that's mm -hmm. it he just wanted things to be peaceful and normal mm -hmm. like it had been up until that point because mm -hmm. yeah. he didn't have a problem with clayton the he whole didn't. time that he was there with the research and jane like mm -hmm. he didn't have a problem with them on the contrary i think he kind of liked clayton <laughs> he was yeah. trying, like there were moments where he was posing like him yeah he was learning he, he was, was learning, learning how to be a man him. Mm -hmm. exactly and yeah that's true it, it, it didn't even cross his mind that wasn't even an option and I think that's so like it's so powerful because there's so many times and I say this um I said this earlier today but 
there's so many times that we as human beings want to punish other people mm -hmm. for the things that they do to us. Like that's make them feel what we felt. Exactly. And the way that we do that is by either literally attacking back, you know, mm -hmm. with our actions or our words reacting in a way that's, that's like giving them the same medicine. What's that phrase? Like, um, yeah, giving them a dose of their own medicine. Uh, exactly. Giving them a dose of their own medicine or even just holding on to the things that they do mm -hmm. in a way that's like, you don't get to saying, you don't get to be a part of my life right now because you hurt me. You don't get to talk to me because you hurt me. It's like holding on to it in a way that's punishing them because that relationship, you know, you're in that point, you're in control of that relationship because you're the one that gets to decide, you know, mm -hmm. how this relationship moves forward because you hurt me. So now I have the power type of thing. Mm -hmm. And like Tarzan does the opposite of that. There's no punishment. There's no revenge. There's no ill will from Tarzan's mindset. He's just defending his family and trying to keep the peace really is what he's doing. And I think that that mindset is important. It's a hard mindset to have because it's hard not to be affected by what somebody else says or does to you, especially whether it's intentional or not intentional. If it mm -hmm. hurts you, it's hard to not go into reactive mode and punishment mode, right? Mm -hmm. But there is a lot of damage that gets done when both parties, exactly, because at that point, both parties act and act and act and the damage gets deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And we have a choice as people in those moments, as hard as it may be, and it might even be in that moment, maybe you have to think about it and process it and then come back to it later and say, okay, mm -hmm. I'm ready to make a better decision. But we do have the power and the choice to not punish other people and to choose the high road, right? There's a lot of power in choosing the high road. It, it There's a lot of healing that comes from choosing the high road, which is something that I talk about. Um, when you choose the high road though, okay. There's there's two things I kind of want to say to that. Go to, for it. To, to, your, to, your, uh, to your point. Mm -hmm. Okay. The first being going back to when we want to give, we want to make other people feel the way that we, that we were, that we felt, which is why we, we seek that revenge. Mm -hmm. right? And I completely agree. Like there's no, there's no point in trying to dish out that same, that dose of their own medicine mm -hmm. because most of the time, they're not going to feel what you felt. They're not. And there's a whole bunch of reasons that go with why they're not. Mostly, and more concisely, I can say, because they're not you. They haven't experienced your life. They don't feel things the way you feel things. So, and they don't have your perspective or your mindset, because otherwise they wouldn't have done what they did to you, mm -hmm. right? Because if you're hurt and it was unexpected because that that's another part of when you're hurt it hurts as much as it does because it's unexpected you don't mm -hmm. you don't realize that somebody has the ability to affect you that way right mm -hmm. so it's it's a shock to your system and and probably because like tarzan you don't even fathom that that's something that somebody would do to somebody else mm -hmm. right 
So they're definitely not going to feel the way you want them to feel in that moment. The, the, the way that they made you feel. That's not how that works. The other thing I kind of want to um, get back to and, and kind of just elaborate a little bit more on what you were saying was, ah, crap. It said high road and that got you. <laughs> the high road. Yes. Sometimes even when you take the high road, it's not resolved within you. And there you go. So you were saying how sometimes you have to take that high road, right? And like, just move forward, right? With, with, with that, without doing anything back and revenge wise. Mm-hmm. But I think there's also a sense that like, you need to like heal right it's that inner healing no matter how much you affected me and we're going to do hypothetical no matter how much you affected me and how much you hurt me it only hurts me to hold on to that anger exactly even if I took the high road and I didn't resolve that and I'm still angry every time I see your face that didn't help me taking the high road didn't help it's not about taking the high road it's about finding a level of acceptance and I know it's hard to do that for some people for certain scenarios and certain contexts like I know many people in my life that it's hard for them to forgive individuals in our in our lives and family and non-family members in our lives that have wronged us in very deep and significant and impactful ways it's very 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 hard not impossible It's just, it doesn't, I think the point that I'm trying to get at is it doesn't help to hold on to that feeling. It doesn't help you. Even if that means that what you did was put a pin in the relationship and say, you know what, this relationship no longer serves me. I'm moving on. And that person can try and talk to me all they want and they can try and solve it all they want. They can listen, but I'm going to move on. Like I will forgive, but not for, uh, I will forgive, but not forget, right? But I'm not gonna do anything about it, and I'm gonna accept it and move forward, because holding on to that anger and the that feeling, it doesn't serve you for your own, sorry, your own well being and your own purpose. Um, that's all I wanted to say in, in terms of no, that. that's perfect. Yeah, I said the same thing when I was yeah. talking about it that it, it it's just a burden for you. Mm-hmm. It's just going to hold you back. It's just going to fester mm-hmm. inside of you. And it's going to create wounds that, yeah, it's only you that's going to be affected. And, and it's true what you said about like, wanting to make them feel what you feel. It's true. You can't possibly feel the same way because you're not the same person. Mm-hmm. I think that's so valid and such an important thing to remember because, and that, that is a lot of the, well, I don't want to say a lot of the reason, but I think that is why it is so easy It can be so easy to hurt somebody because we don't know how people, I mean, unless you've known someone for a long time and you've learned, you know, the things that that person is sensitive about, that's great. You know what not to say, but sometimes you really don't know that someone else is going to react negatively towards something that you say or something that you do, because in your mind, you're not saying anything wrong because that's your personality. And if someone were to say to you, you wouldn't take it the wrong way. But there are sometimes that we say things that other people take the wrong way because they are different. Mm-hmm. So 
sometimes there really is no malintent. And I think that's also important. We totally got off Tarzan because yeah. Tarzan, for sure, there was malintent. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes there is no malintent, which is something that I mentioned too. Like people, like we are really just that different sometimes. And I couldn't possibly imagine like, like I'm so, somebody that's very direct mm-hmm. and I'm a very, it is what it is person. Like I will tell you like, yeah, you do this period. Like you are this person, you do these things. Yeah, you do that. And the reason that I'm so direct and I say things so it is what it is, is because first of all, that's how I am with myself. Like Mm -hmm. I am who I am, period. And it's also because I don't think any less of anybody because they are Mm -hmm. flawed in whatever way. Like me saying that about someone, me saying, oh yeah, like you may not be great at this or, or, you know, you could work on this or whatever. To me, it's no big deal because I don't think there's anything wrong with you being flawed. I don't think there's anything wrong with the fact that you're not great at this. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying that to insult you. I don't see you any less, but I think other people, when they hear that directness towards them and they hear someone Mm -hmm. pointing out their flaws, they get very sensitive because exactly because they're thinking that they're being attacked Mm -hmm. and they're like, wait a second, like, why are you pointing out my flaws? They're not as comfortable with their flaws as I am. And so the 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 reaction is different and the perception is different. They're perceiving me as wanting to attack them and insult them. When in reality, I'm saying, hey, you've got this and it's totally cool. I've got my own flaws. Like, I don't think you're any less, but sometimes they feel like I'm trying to make them feel less than right. So that's the difference, right? We all have that different point of view. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes we don't know that until we get there, right? Until mm-hmm. it comes to that conflict and that crashing mm-hmm. point where it's like, the tire screech and you're like wait a second what did I just do like why yeah. did you react why, why that did way I, why did I just say like <laughs> what, yeah why what's happening yeah right? what just That's, happened yeah <laughs> like what did I just say because it wasn't my intention to make you feel this way like what please like take me back you know mm. sometimes we have to get to that point to learn each other and be like oh crap like I didn't even realize that you perceived it that way. That was not my intention at all. Mm -hmm. And then you think about it the next time, right? You're like, "Mm, maybe I should say this differently. Or maybe I, I don't know, like go about it a different way. You become more self-aware. Exactly. And you also help that other person realize like there is no ill intent. Mm -hmm. Like there is no, and it's, it's okay to be flawed and exactly it's okay, it's okay to receive feedback on mm-hmm. areas that you can improve on. You should want that as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely. Dude, I have to go use the bathroom really quick. So I'm going to pause. Okay. I'm going to go pee and too. We, and we can pick <laughs> this back up. Okay. Okay. Cool. I'm going to go too. Okay. Okay. And we're back. Oh, okay. So... We just finished Tarzan. Yes. Talking about Tarzan. Okay. I'm in between three movies right now. That's a lot. So let me start thinking because Tarzan was the last one. We might have to split this episode into two parts. I mean, that's fine. I'm I'm cool with that. (laughs) We could stop it now and then we do part two, guys, on a different day. (laughs) How long have we been talking? I have no idea. (laughs) I think it's been like an hour. I mean, talking Disney is, I mean, we could go, we could do a whole series just talking about Disney. Yeah, we really can. If we're being honest, 
No, it's definitely been an hour. So let's, yeah, let's wrap it up and then we'll do a part two. Okay. So right, this has been part one <laughs> of all things Disney and how we can apply Disney to our lives. <laughs> Catch you guys on Disney part two, which will probably be an episode on Stephanie's podcast, Creative what? Street. Make yeah. sure to go follow her and listen Check to part out. two. Yes. Later. Bye.